loneliness emerging as a national health crisis. We need to address prevention and the root cause of the pain and trauma that a lot of people are feeling, like loneliness and isolation. Doctors say chronic loneliness poses the same physical health risks as smoking cigarettes every day. Isolation has been shown to increase the risk for premature death by uh, 26%. Loneliness leading to a spike in diabetes, stroke, heart disease, dementia, to say nothing of emotional well-being. Do they connect the dots maybe in the uh, upcoming clips we're going to play? I mean, why does being lonely make it more likely you get diabetes? I think you probably sit around and eat. That was my guess. I just wondered if they yeah. point that out. No, they don't. They don't get there specifically. Uh, so that's obviously a harrowing introduction to the topic. I find it interesting that if I got myself two or three good friends, I could start smoking and break even health wise. Ooh, that's uh, not a bad plan. It's a very bad plan. Go on, friend finder. Get yourself a pack of Marlboros and break even for the day. <laughs> wow. A little more on the topic. And then there's a twist. 81, Michael. When the federal government locked down our children and adults as well, it led to an explosion of mental health problems. Doctors say COVID exacerbated loneliness, but loneliness was on the rise before the pandemic. But it also shows that simply getting back to normal is not going to be enough. So, yeah, the COVID was a factor, but not everything. Uh, it, it's interesting uh, in my own life, we, and we've we've talked about this topic, uh, the lack of connectedness that comes from feeling connected online. It's candy instead of, you know, uh, meat and, and vegetables. Um, yesterday I was hanging out, and because of the nature of our schedule, uh, it's which is kind of weird, it's not as easy to hang out with people, uh, especially during the week, that people with an average uh, schedule have. Um, <clears throat> it's I'm not complaining. We have a wonderful job, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but so I was feeling kind of down about it because I hadn't seen my friends for a while. And, you know, they're working when I'm off and blah, blah, blah. And so I started, uh, instead of doing something about it, I started scrolling through Twitter. And it gave me just enough of a feeling of something good is happening. I didn't get off my ass. And finally, I said to myself, this is terrible. Go ride your bike. So I got on my bike. I went for a good ride. I ran into a neighbor, blah, blah, blah. Um, And it was was just, it was absolutely that phenomenon. I was getting just enough sugar not to be hungry enough to get up and get some real food. And I think that's a huge factor. Not for everybody, but for a lot of folks. Phony connectedness online. Yeah, there's that. And... Then this aspect of it, which I think we've all experienced, I've told this story when I was in the hospital, got my gallbladder out, uh, a couple of my best friends just happened to be in town when I was getting my gallbladder out. Anyway, they visited me in the hospital, and we all recognized that this was way better, us talking to each other, than our texting had been for the previous years. Yeah. And we decided we are going to talk on the phone more often. Talking on the phone is completely different than texting with your friends. Yes. And we all, it's just so easy to, to to feel like, well, I stay in touch with whoever the same way I always did. But if you're texting, it ain't the same. I'm not exactly sure why it's not the same. Hearing their voice or all the nuances sure. of nonverbal, I don't know what, but there's there's something that's completely different. Well, and if you could weigh the exchange of ideas and, and feelings... 
a text is like four ounces, and a 15-minute conversation is like 40 pounds. Hmm. So, anyway. It's clearly uh, true, though. Yeah, and another aspect of this, maybe, is that everybody's so angry and charged up politically, there's like half the population doesn't want anything to do with you. I wonder if there's depending any, on your political beliefs. I don't know. I wonder if there's any way we could all get to the point that we convince ourselves that if somebody asks you, do you stay in touch with so-and-so, if you haven't talked to them on the phone or seen them in person, the answer is no. I don't care how much you're texting. That's troubling. I think there are a lot of us, uh, I'm including uh, the good folks in the audience, who are, have a bit of a sick feeling in their stomach right now. Yeah. Including my kids. Right, there's a good example. The last long conversation I had with my son, I'm not sure when it was. You know uh, what? We text a lot about music and stuff like that. But. My turn to feel bad. I have that. I do that with my parents, where like specifically with my mom, we text now and then. So I have the feeling that I stay in contact with my mom, but not calling as often. Which is a com- yeah. as I've just pointed out, is a completely different thing. Yeah. So yeah. we get the perception Ugh. that we're staying in touch. We're not. You're not. You're not. Well, well Thanks, good Twitter. news, I'm, I'm going to end all of our guilt by giving you the twist that I promised. Next clip, Michael. Democratic Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy authored a bill to combat loneliness and boost social connections. I actually think that it's decisions by government that have left a lot of people feeling very disconnected. Murphy wants a federal office to study loneliness. He says loneliness increases as church attendance wanes and social media usage grows. Our decision to leave social media unregulated, to leave kids unprotected, has really been a disaster. That's right. Loneliness is a problem for the federal government to solve, and it'll cost you tens of millions of dollars. That might, ah! be, the, that might be the greatest divide between people of the left and people of the right. I immediately recoil from the idea that the government's going to fix a social problem. The government can't fix social problems. They Are have you invented, kidding? They either invent or, or cite a real problem. Then they say, therefore, we need lots more tax money, and we will <laughs> spread it around to our cronies. He says with a straight face, we're going to create a department that studies loneliness. Yep. Hilarious. And after spending gazillions of dollars over many years, and then if you don't get any results, as Tim Sandifer always points out, that only means you need more money. Um, you need more money for the department. Oh, my God. That is... Yeah. Uh, how, how rich is that? How do you come to the belief that the government is in charge of fixing societal problems? I know. I know. That is the that is perhaps the great divide in America. Never mind R versus D, Trump versus I hate Trump. It's, I think, the federal government should solve all of our problems. Man, there's nothing your town should do. Unless you and your neighbors and your church and your civic organizations can't do it. There's nothing your county should do unless your town can't do it. There's nothing your state should be doing unless a county can't do it on its own, et cetera, et cetera. But now we have a federal government who's going to spend God knows how much money in quote unquote curing loneliness well it's not by even... putting out public service announcements or stuff like that how about how about it's the, the 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 federal government acting as if it's the usa today publishing an article about hey call your friend instead of texting them and it's not even should the government it should be more of a can the government the government can't do those things you should give me an example where the government's 
fixed big societal ills. Yeah, like, they're, they're few and far between. Yeah, yeah. That's something. Wow, that was depressing. Yeah, I was going more for anger. <laughs> if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.